Do you believe your significant other may be cheating on you? Or do you just want to check? The best tool to use is a voice-activated recorder which is small and can be hidden in a car or bedroom or anywhere else you believe will work. This is the number one method used by professionals for decades and gives you evidence to confront or possibly a divorce hearing. Check the link in description for a super affordable and on-sale, long-life rechargeable battery over 1000 hours recording time sound audio recorder with playback with dual microphones and password protected and put your doubts to rest. I know it worked for me. Link in description. Surviving Infidelity I, 43 mil, need to send a letter of thanks to Dyson. I discovered my wife, 49, of 17 years, 18-month affair when I updated our fan filter on the app it uses. Like the title says. History, married 17 years with no children of her own. She's been divorced once and had two daughters that I helped to raise, now 28 and 23, prior to our marriage. We've really only had minor bumps and issues, in my opinion. We've had an open-door type of communication with each other. Whether it be work issues and venting, or actual issues, or just how we are feeling. Often, we will just talk on the couch about life and philosophy in general. I've felt that we had a great connection and a pretty heavy, fulfilling bedroom life. We are both in good shape and maintain a healthy lifestyle. I work in the medical field and due to things being what they are, have been putting in a decent amount of overtime over the past 5 months. She works in a legal consultancy and has been working from home for the past 5 months. Which has made things a bit distant, but on our days off, we are tight. Changed the filter on the Dyson fan in our bedroom last night. Asked wife if I could use her phone to update the app, in order to reset the change filter alert. Mine was on the charger next to the front door. I noticed she had put on a pattern unlock, and, kind of wanted to ask her what that was about. As I was finding the app on her phone, a notification for Snapchat popped up. My stomach dropped immediately as I read the small tag, I'll bring the special toy, it said. My brain understood the words. But my mind just stopped functioning. She asked what was the matter, after I guess several minutes of me just sitting and staring at the bedroom fan. My wife has an obligatory quarterly out of town meeting, that puts her two states away for five days every business quarter. I knew it was about this coming trip Monday. I've perused Reddit for years anonymously. I've read 100s of stories that began like this, and never once have I thought about it being me that would sit on my bedroom floor and be in such a cold, dumbfounded state. I recovered and said, oh, just getting info about the IP and router. That's how the fan communicates through the app. I have a Chromebook that she logged into Facebook yesterday. I took a week vacation short notice, my supervisor is a cool chick, and once I laid it out what I may have discovered and have to do. I'm going to need time off. I've been up all night reading her chats. She left to go to the office just now and I made sure the Google location history was on, and find my phone was active. I'm so suspicious of everything she does now I can't look at myself in the mirror. She doesn't know I saw the message notification. I logged onto the messaging system that Verizon uses and have signed in under her number and name. There are at least 15,000 that date back to February of last year. Messages, memes, flirty pics and some adult rated ones too. She stopped texting him this way about 3 months ago. Didn't stop texting him, but stopped using the message app through Verizon. I'm guessing they switched to Snapchat because it's discreet. I'm not on any social media in any way shape or form. I am clueless. I just figured out that you can't log into Snapchat through Facebook, but it just takes an email and password. And she has used this Chromebook to do that. Hell, 
She used it just three nights ago lying in bed next to me rubbing my back while I went to sleep. She messaged him and exed him lying next to me. It's a younger man from work. He is married and has three young children. He and his wife have Facebook. I've met him twice. Shook his freaking hand. I'm at a complete loss again and have paced slash wandered my house, that I custom built for her, for hours. I almost can't feel anything. What little that I am processing, is just white hot rage. I logged on Snapchat and there it all was. I have called my best friend who has been divorced three times, don't get me started on his partner a picker, he recommended a vicious lawyer. I plan on recording slash saving everything. There's pics of them screwing. I'm sure her phone or his, has video. I desperately want this to be a bad dream. She's said terrible things about me. She's told him my insecurities. She's told him, I love you. They have made no long-term plans, so this feels like a purely physical relationship. It almost makes it better, but also makes it so much worse. Like she's literally throwing away our life for this. She knows cheating is an absolute deal breaker for me. Our usual routine on the day she leaves for her meetings is, I take her to the airport and drop her off with a long goodbye. I can't even think about what I have to do now. My friend says print out the entire thing and see if I can recover things from Snapchat. From what I understand I can't, unless I have her phone. My plan is to see the lawyer today, I'm paying a ridiculous amount to jump in her appointment line. Get the ball rolling, and hopefully have a plan of action from her. I really want to book a flight and follow my wife to the hotel she's staying at and catch her in the act. I have access to her hotel booking options and have put myself as a contact person, so I can get a room key without alerting her. I think I'm just going to log on to the messaging apps when I get into town and watch it happen in real time. If I could get the papers ready in time, I'd hand them to her, instead I'm just going to hand her the printouts. It's a 600 page PDF. His wife accepted my friend request. I am debating sending everything now. I am seething. I just don't want to lose any advantage. I'm going to fly there Monday afternoon, log in and see what they've talked about, get a room key to my wife's room and drop off the package in her room with my wedding ring. I'm going to sit in the bar and watch my phone blow up. I'm going to call the affair partner and tell him to meet me in the lobby slash bar, and to bring my wife down. Then tell him that a similar package has been sent certified mail to his home address to his wife as well as a Facebook message that I plan on hitting send on as I tell him. It feels petty and weak, I want to rage and scream, but I'm helpless. This morning all I could do was give her a peck on the cheek goodbye, I really can't stand to look her in the eye. I somehow have to get through the weekend. I guess I'm asking, is my spiteful, hate-fueled plan worth it? I just want to inflict pain at this point. I want to hurt her emotionally. I feel eviscerated, emasculated. I will not entertain an apology. This is the one act that is unforgivable. It takes so many steps to cheat on someone. They all can be stopped until the sin is complete, then it is done. Should I just confront her tonight? Or catch her? I don't think I'll update. I'm truly thinking about never using social media again. And only being with a partner that has a similar outlook moving forward. Added to add, I found the special toy. Keep in mind we have a chest full of adult fun devices. It was already in her carry-on. It's one of those remote control vibes. The ones that can be controlled by an app. It looks expensive. I meet with the lawyer in 90 minutes. Some comment breaks before reading the updates. You need to sleep so you can think clearly. Don't confront her, go to the lawyer first and, please, tell his wife, she has as much right to know as you. She accepted my friend request. It looks like she and the kids are at her parents place for the week too. Oh, good lord. 
You hold all the chips right now bro, all of them. It's going to be ugly no matter how you go about it. But I think catching them red-handed is how I would go about it, provided you have the strength to remain cool for the whole thing. I would find a way to include his wife, if possible. She most certainly has a right to know the truth. But whatever you do, protect yourself and your assets first. Get some rest, think clearly about everything, and execute the plan with purpose and determination. You'll fall apart later, but keep your demeanor during your operation. You also might want to think about simply delivering a copy of your evidence to the hotel with a note that says I know. Do not come home and block her number so you aren't tempted to talk to her when she inevitably blows up your phone. Additionally, you might want to think about exposing these two at their workplace. Employers don't usually turn a blind eye to this stuff anymore, especially when the fallout of their affair is surely going to affect their work production. Yes, I've been thinking about notifying HR. It's a law consultant business that is national, they deal with big settlement cases. They do have a pretty strict non-fraternization protocol, but not sure how it would affect them, different divisions. Although she is a superior technically. Now for the first update. I have no clue how to post an update. I'm just editing my post. I met with a lawyer. She was actually kind, and I dare say, compassionate with me. She told me point blank that her job was to represent me in this fight for my future, and my job in all of this was to tell her the complete truth and not make her job harder. I went to Kinko's and printed the file out. Cost $534 for color, because I wanted to have the pictures pop. Shout out to Chris at Kinko's for not making a scene when the photos started coming out. He asked what it was all about, so, I told him. He was taken aback, but shook my hand and said sorry. I went home and crashed for about 3 hours and soon to be ex-wife came home around 7.30, usual time. Lawyer said to forget any Hollywood confrontation in a hotel bar. That it would look pretty crazy and unbecoming at all. So, I'm sorry to all of those people that wanted the high drama. She's right ultimately. There are two routes to take with divorce, contested or non-contested. She said I would have to notify my soon-to-be ex-wife that I have retained counsel and in order to proceed, my soon-to-be ex-wife would have to either contest the divorce or we would go through mediation and file from there. So, she got home about two hours ago. I asked her if there was anything going on that she wanted to talk about. She said nothing other than the election. She then asked what was bothering me. I wanted to cry, but, truthfully I was cried out. I said I was curious as to why she had a remote control vibe in her luggage. The look on her face was actually more telling than anything I've ever seen. She looked panicked, pale. She began to breathe faster, sweat. I asked why she would have something like that? Who had the code and the app to it? She stammered and the tears began. As I pulled out my three file folders worth of text exchanges I asked if the affair partner's wife would have it. She cried and pleaded that she could explain. I said she had five minutes to do it. Of course, she couldn't. I told her what my attorney told me to tell her. I also told her to leave. She screamed it was her house too. I calmly told her that may be, but, I would be notifying everyone about her affair and betrayal. That even the girls will know. Or, she can leave now and find living arrangements for the time being. Hell, she'll be at her work conference for a week. She was speechless. I calmly pulled up Facebook and showed her the affair partner's wife. I said do you want me to tell her or are you going to do it right now? Tears and moaning and pleading with, I love you, and, it wasn't supposed to go this far. Then my favorite, you can't do this. I said well it looks like I'm doing it, as I sent the affair partner's wife a message with the file of their escapades on it. I prefaced it with apologies and a brief explanation. I haven't heard back from her, 
I leafed through the stacks of paper and started reading random excerpts out loud to my soon-to-be ex-wife. I just wish we could spend the day attached to each other. Just you inside of me. You feel so much more intense than any other woman I've ever been with. She is still sobbing and asking to talk about us. She says our marriage can withstand her mistake. I told her I would never forgive her, her word is crap, and that she threw away the last 17 years. I'm still entertaining the whole tell HR thing, and I am going to tell everyone about her decision to end our marriage by cheating. Thank you to everyone who responded. I feel bad I couldn't respond to all the PMs and responses. I have a therapy appointment scheduled Tuesday. I kind of feel extremely elated, I'm shaking, and incredibly low right now, I kinda want to die. The house is pretty quiet except for her crying and moaning. I told her to not come back after her trip. I'm currently sending friend requests and trying to get everyone on my page, I'm just going to send it to everyone that way. I am going to wait until the morning to call the girls. I raised them from when they were 11 and 6. They are women now 28 and 23. I don't know what to tell them, or how to handle them. Now for the second update. So. I have received nearly 1000 requests for some type of update or information on what's going on in my pain and hate-filled life. For my new therapist, he said to go ahead and do it. It will help me recenter and focus. To those that kept saying, that's not how Snapchat works, yes, you are correct, she had that running in the background, it was WhatsApp. I don't really give a crap, I saw it. I again need to thank Dyson for their app and the kick-ass fan I got from my brother-in-law for Christmas. Here goes. I'm going to give a deeper background on our situation to help with some perspective on why I feel the way I do. My original post was pretty much a stream of consciousness and felt as disjointed as I did then. I went to college in Las Vegas in the mid-90s. I graduated in 1999. I had a blast there. I got around, effed, it was during this formative time I decided to never marry, it was slash is an outdated concept that essentially removes your agency, and, I definitely did not want children. When I graduated with my degree in nursing, I quickly excelled in cardiovascular intensive care. I moved home to Texas in 2001 and pursued my master's degree to be an advanced practice registered nurse slash nurse practitioner with a specialization in CV surgery. While I was achieving this, I decided to pursue medical school and shifted coursework to fill in what I needed to apply. It was then that I met my soon-to-be ex-wife. She was a short chubby, I believe the kids today would say thick, red-headed firecracker. We met in a code. It was intense, both the attraction and the dating. We were saying I love you within three months. She was a mother of two, remember, I wanted to be child free, that had been divorced for about two years. She was just getting out of an on again off again relationship when we met. We dated for about two years and she slowly introduced her daughters to me age, 11 and 6. She sat me down one night and gave me a pretty heartfelt but pragmatic talk about, us, or where we were at the time and what she needed slash expected from me, or any other partner. Essentially, she said it was time to either get married or move on. I was still pretty anti-marriage and she respected that. She was telling me this to give me a chance to think about us and what the future looked like. She had a pretty good point, in that we were living together, 8 months, and even had each other as persons to notify in an emergency. She joked, that all that was missing was having each other on our insurance. It was a good honest talk and we agreed that we would continue on for a bit more, but I would ultimately have to make the decision. Two weeks later, I had an acceptance letter to a medical school about two hours away. I was ecstatic and crushed at the same time. I had just had my 26th birthday and was about to accomplish a huge life goal. Then I realized I'd never see her or the girls. 
my self-doubt got the better of me. Being a medical student, then resident, with a fellowship was going to be a roughly seven-year process, all the while, I could not make the money, or support the lifestyle we had grown accustomed to. I thought about the prospect of at least seven years of loans, debt, and work, and losing her. So, I declined and switched back to a master's in nursing administration. We got married in July of 2003 it was an intimate and personal ceremony with just immediate family and friends. While my parents adore the girls, rightly so, they have always been standoffish with soon-to-be ex-wife. On Monday when I told my parents what was happening, and, that there was a real possibility the girls could stop being as prevalent in their life as they have been, they told me that they felt that soon-to-be ex-wife was damaged goods, being married prior to and forcing me to compromise. That really hit home, and to a certain extent they were slash are correct. After I graduated, I didn't want to be a manager or director. I'm a hands-on guy that likes taking care of patients. The hospital I was at, offered a certification in ICMO and a perfusionist credential. It was a highly competitive application, but I got in. For the past 11 years, I have been doing ICMO in all things related. I have had a blast and it has been challenging as well as heartbreaking at times. My soon-to-be ex-wife decided about 5 years ago that being a registered nurse on the floor had run its course, and she wanted a more 9-to-5 job that did not involve patients or drama. She got on through a friend at a multi-state legal consultancy that specializes in medical legal suites. She abstracts data from patient charts and presents it in the manner requested. So that's the setup. On Saturday morning D-Day plus 2, I only slept a few hours. I had dark, disturbing thoughts regarding my future and life. I had, still do, thoughts and scenarios of death and violence upon them and myself. I was in the kitchen making breakfast, eggs and toast when she walked into the kitchen still bleary-eyed. She asked if I would make her some. I threw it in the trash in front of her. I then proceeded to load up my record player and play music for my youth at an uncomfortable volume to prevent her from trying to talk to me. Real mature I know. I began paint shopping big time, reading the printout in chronological order. I do and I don't recommend it. By the afternoon I was done with Black Flag and Danzig, I was listening to Torch slash Breakup songs by Chris Isaac and Ray LaMontagne. She approached again. This time she was almost indignant. Asking what purpose notifying the affair partner's wife served. I stared at her for what felt like an inappropriate amount of time, a bit dumbfounded. I told her point blank that at least she, affair partner's wife, would get the chance to make an informed decision about her future instead of compromising, and sacrificing for someone that would betray them so selfishly. I guess my message to the AP's wife was received and things were not good for him. She sat down on the couch and began to tear up and sob. I told her I was cried out, or more correctly, I was so numb that I will do that later, when I am done doing what needs to be done. She asked timidly, all indignation slash bravado gone from her voice, what else I had to do. I told her to ruin your life and give you the pain I have now. I told her that if she had any respect for me or love for me, she would open her phone and show me everything. She refused, and said that it didn't matter, and all I would do is hold it against her. I said, there was a part of me, the completionist in me, that wanted to know. She refused and went to the guest bedroom. I found her HR, new hired paperwork from her company. They have a corporate compliance line and I called and left a detailed message. They, soon to be ex-wife and affair partner, had discussed client information that also had protected health information with an unsecured, non-approved messaging system. I also informed them that she was his acting supervisor on two projects over a certain time that corresponds with the usually inappropriate messages. Lastly, I said that they both use their subsidized phones to transmit explicit materials, pics, texting, videos, 
that was a big no-no as well. My whole life, I have viewed myself as a peaceful and rational man. This has broken that part of me. I don't know where all of this anger has come from, I am somewhat worried. Like, will it stop? I know in the long run, to get over this, I will have to accept her apology and forgive her for her mistakes. I just don't know if I am capable, and it is worrying to me. That evening I continued to notify family and friends of the situation and her actions. I called a physician friend and requested a favor for a checkup and an STD check. He had questions, I answered. My eyes got heavy around 8. Sunday D-Day plus 3, I decided to drive to see the girls. They are about 3 hours away. The youngest is still in college for another semester, maybe longer, thanks 2020. I have been having pretty extreme feelings about them since this began. I have formed a respectful, friendly relationship with them, but not much of a fatherly one. The oldest especially. We are cordial, but there is always that, you're not my dad, vibe between us. The youngest, not so much, but when they are together, it gets more prevalent. I left early Sunday around 5am, arrived at their condo, their father pays for it, just after 8.45. I had kolaches and good coffee for them. They were immediately worried about their mother before I said anything. I told them point blank the situation and that their mother would probably be moving in the next three to six months. I can honestly say it was best to do and say this in person. I told them everything. They were disappointed in her. I then told them that I wasn't there to get them to take a side, but they were adults in a special circumstance within our relationship, and if they decided they didn't want to interact or have a relationship with me, that was okay. I would be somewhat let down, but also relieved. I told them however, that our relationship or lack thereof, should not interfere with their grandparents, my parents. They both agreed that they would like to definitely keep in touch with the grandparents. I left there around 11 and headed home. I stopped at my best friend's house and cried a little. I had essentially helped to raise them as best I could. Their father was absentee most of their childhood and started another family six hours away. My best friend decided that I had drank enough the past 72 hours, and I needed to sleep. I crashed at his place that night. I had noticed soon to be ex-wife had been blowing my phone up, after I had left the girl's place. Oh well, I was too tired and in too dark a place to care. Monday D-Day plus 4. I arrived home around 8 and noticed her Porsche was still there. I thought for a moment that she Ubered her ways to the airport. No, no she had not. She was up and had breakfast made, she asked me to sit down and eat with her. I did. She asked how it tasted, I told her, like static. I told her I've had a hard time tasting and feeling anything other than bitterness and anger, for the past 5 days. She had called in sick at work, and did not leave for her quarterly meeting. She tried to start talking about how worried she was for me and that she loved me so much. She had gotten a call from her oldest yesterday around noon and they were deeply disturbed by her behavior. I laughed. As I did it, I realized it was not a funny laugh. It had a manic kind of feel to it and took me aback. I said oh. You love me so much you have a year and a half affair behind my back. You love me so much you have some other married man. You love me so much you pissed away nearly half of my life because. She had never given me a reason as to why she did it. I told her that, and it made it so much worse. I went to the liquor service and pulled out the bottle. The bottle was an 18-year Glenfiddich that my grandfather bought for us when we got married. It has been slash was our tradition to have a small sip on our anniversary night and remember that things get better with time and patience. I chugged the remainder of it. It was about a third of the bottle that was left. I said, sorry I didn't offer her any, because she did not deserve any. I went to the bedroom and began pulling all of the pictures off of the wall that had us or her in them. I placed them on the kitchen table. She had left. 
my attorney or rather her paralegal called to notify me the petition for divorce was ready, and I needed to sign off on it before it could be filed and soon to be ex-wife would be served within 10 business days. I read it quickly, while very buzzed on premium scotch. E signed and pressed send. I also got a message from the affair partner's wife. She reluctantly thanked me for this horrible but good revelation. She declined to speak with me, but wanted to message me to tell me. She found texts and videos with other women besides my soon-to-be ex-wife. She kicked him out, and was going to an attorney soon. They live in California, he's screwed. I proceeded to listen to music and have a few more drinks. I fell asleep around 4 in the afternoon. I heard her come home around 10, she saw the pile of pictures and things that had at one time meant something to us. She began sobbing and asking me to talk to her, I only asked one question why? She kept saying she didn't know. I called her vile things and said, that she made so many decisions to get to just the first text. It was her that started it. I was pretty loose with my tongue due to being drunk. I laughed at her and started taking off my clothes and said you threw away this pointing to my body, I'm going to get crap for it, but, I'm 6 feet 4 inches and weigh 200 pounds, up until last week I still jogged and lifted weights 4 times a week, for some pot-bellied needle d guy that wasn't going to do anything for her. I went to my room and had a shower. When I got out, she was in the bed undressed. She had lit some candles and begged me to F her. I turned on my camera and told her to repeat what she said, I thank everyone who mentioned doing this, just in case, for whatever reason, my arousal did not do a good job of convincing her that I didn't want to. So, I did it. I was not kind. I put her in uncomfortable positions and pounded her. I told her I wanted backdoor action, and I wanted to hear her beg me for it. I recorded it all. I felt so many mixed emotions after. I love her, and I am indifferent to her, I hate her, and I think nothing of her. I want her and feel like I need her, but it hurts me to think of us anymore. We fell asleep together. I woke up kind of hungover, and had a hard time looking at myself in the mirror. Tuesday D-Day plus 5. Therapy was a two and a half hour session, unbeknownst to me, she followed me there and wanted to know what I was doing. I told her I was getting some therapy for the emotional trauma I had after realizing I had thrown away most of my life on someone who couldn't even give me a reason as to why she would cheat on me. I was a little loud and teary-eyed. My soon-to-be new therapist saw most of the exchange. I called her horrible names and told her I wished her dead. Needless to say, my session was intense. He prescribed some sedatives for me and I had another shorter appointment scheduled on Thursday. We discussed my anger and betrayal, my emasculation, my fear of the future. I explained I am terrified of the unknown. Last week I felt like a complete man. I had a vision and goals, I also had a partner to deal with any issues and obstacles. Now, I am a ship without a rudder, or mast. I feel no sense of direction, or power, or means to get away from this. He started explaining the why that I wanted to know. It isn't a single question. It is a series of questions that is pretty interesting. I suppose you can apply it to any behavior that you want to explain the motivation behind it. He said instead I should calmly ask my soon-to-be ex-wife, what within herself gave her permission to do this to me. There were several more to follow up with, but this is what stuck out the most. I told him about the S, he recommended that I lay out explicit ground rules regarding our physical relationship. He ultimately recommended that I don't do it anymore, it would confuse and exacerbate things tremendously, unless reconciliation was my goal. I cried, I raged. I left exhausted. Soon to be ex-wife was still outside waiting for me. I walked past her and didn't respond to her questions and pleading. I got a call from the physician's office to get tested and went to that appointment. I told him the short version. 
he recommended to stop drinking and take the sedatives cautiously. I went home and proceeded to continue removing my things from the house and boxing them up. I have decided I would move out. I called work and requested a face-to-face -face meeting. The thought of working, or concentrating on legitimate life and death issues is not possible in my current state of mind. I drove to the administrative building at the hospital, met with the team and formally gave my six weeks resignation. I have such a niche, specialized job that six weeks is kind of a minimum courtesy. I put it succinctly that my soon-to-be ex-wife's actions had caused a stressful home life, and I would be a detriment to patients, the team, and myself, if I continued to remain in this area. I have decided to move away. Far away. I got home after picking up some groceries. It has been about a week since I have had more than a mouthful of food and have existed on liquor and not much else. I took both my therapist's and physician friend's advice and decided to make some food and stop drinking. She was home, sitting in the darkened living room drinking wine. She had organized the pictures and was looking through them. She had put on makeup and was wearing a date night dress. She had been crying a lot. Her makeup was in bad shape. She got up and tried to embrace me. I pushed her gently away and made a production of pulling out my phone and hitting record. She started crying again. She told me the affair partner's wife had called her and told her that he had had other women as well as her. She said that she was so much the fool, and every derogatory name I had called her was right. She begged me to consider us. I said why bother, she didn't when she betrayed me. I told her I was sorry that her lies caught her out, but I felt that she was sorry she got caught, not remorseful for what she did to me. I told her I felt she was sorry that she was going to have to start over, and that she was more upset about that, than losing any love she had for me. I said that she abandoned her love for me, or us, two years ago when she decided to do this. I kept piling it on her. I informed her of my call to the corporate compliance line and the specific rules she broke. I didn't raise my voice or act angry. I was shaking a bit, but it was like everything was leaving me in a rush. I felt elated and so low at the same time. I felt empty when I was done. I put up the few groceries I had bought and made a small sandwich, then went to bed. She was there again. I pulled out my phone and told her with the recorder going what my therapist had talked about in regards to S, keep in mind in 17 years. I cannot recall a time when I've refused or declined action from her. I asked her to leave and sleep in the guest bedroom. She refused. I said, fine, I would then. Wednesday D-Day plus 6. I woke up and she was curled up next to me. I removed myself and did some light exercises. I have been working on my resume and getting applications out. I might be working in Seattle by the end of the year. I love my parents and will miss being 20 minutes away from them, especially as they are becoming elderly. I can't stay in this city. The thought of running into her after this is over, is not something I want to entertain. I want to be free, and have no reminders of my sense of loss and my lifetime of compromise. It was a pretty blah day, and it rained off and on for most of it. I met up with my best friend and gave him a rundown over an early dinner. We decided not to drink. My attorney said that me moving away will not affect the outcome of the financials. I am going to live off my PTO until the end of October, and use my half of our liquid savings to relocate and settle. I feel empty and I am trying to laugh at his funny jokes, but it's an effort. I keep finding myself in a deep emptiness that has such a powerful pull. I have never thought about ending my own life. But for the past few days slash nights I've had daydreams of what it would be like if I wasn't here. I am going to tell my therapist tomorrow. Soon to be ex-wife has been going to the library, I've been watching through Google, and reading relationship books. I have been reading Chumplady. It is great stuff. She got a call from her work. I eavesdropped on a small portion of it, but I know she has a meeting tomorrow, 
despite her claiming to be sick. She was in bed again just like the past few nights. I am so conflicted, I just want to feel something, but I feel so little but hate and resentment for her, that the only s I want is sadistic. I'll admit that during the rough s we had Monday, I felt almost a runner's high, but, there was a crash, and the next day I was angry at myself. I am doubting myself a small amount in regards to not wanting her back. I know she messed up huge, but I don't know if I can forget it, or forgive it. I am a tangled mess. I told her the ground rules, with my phone recording, in regard to S. I told her that it did not indicate reconciliation, or some covert signal that I wanted that. I told her this is probably hysterical bonding and not healthy. I told her that I was going to not be gentle nor care about her feelings or needs during it. She was teary-eyed, and nodded understanding. She quietly said that she deserved it. She then rolled over and got on all fours. Thursday D-Day plus 7. I woke up with her spooning me. I laid there for a while and heard her breathing change pattern. I could feel her looking at me. I asked with my back turned what her meeting was going to be about. She said it was an HR representative and it was probably going to be bad. I said yup. She asked what she could do to make us right or equal again. I said nothing. She offered an open marriage on my end, she would not pursue anyone, but I could. I chuckled, no. I don't trust her. She said that was fair. We had this conversation with my back to her, it was easier than looking at her. I get mad when I see her face. I asked what I did in this marriage that made her so unhappy she did this. She said I was beyond great. I chuckled again, well obviously that doesn't matter. She said it was an adventure, like she lived off of the rush, she didn't realize until it was way too late, that if she got caught or if something went wrong, everyone would be hurt. She said it was a huge relief and an unforgettable pain when I confronted her. I got up and made us breakfast. I went to my therapist and told him my plan with work and already had responses to my applications. I told him everything about soon to be ex-wife and the S. We discussed my self-ending thoughts and talked about the process involved with them. Again, he wasn't judging, he just wanted me to not get confused, or if I did not understand to stop and process. It was only a 1 hour, 55 minute, session and I felt that weird calm again. Like nothing matters for now. Everything just is. When I got home, she was sitting in the living room. She told me that she was fired for breach of protocol with client information and violation of the data security protocols. I said, well that's too bad. I exercised and made a nice dinner, she joined me. We didn't say much. While we were sitting in the living room, she told me that a fair partner had been fired as well. I said good. She told me she has had no contact with him in 5 days. I asked why not? They were both free now. She could fly out to her soulmate and have all the fun they wanted now. She said I was the only one she wanted. I said no, you had me, all, of me, and it still wasn't enough. I told her that in the nearly 20 years of work, and our relationship, I had been approached and hit on too many times to count. I managed to not fall in love or bet anyone else, now, I am so bitter and angry because of the compromises I made. She asked what compromises. I told her. My wanting to go to medical school, but decided to get married and be stable, my not wanting children, but, because they were a part of her, I accepted them and compromised. I said I made those compromises for our love. But obviously, I had misplaced my trust and love in her. I told her that if I could go back in time, I would tell 26 year old me to pass her up. She asked again what she could do to bring us back together. I told her that I will not ever compromise for her again, and that means we really can't have a healthy relationship. I told her I would never love her again, and that at best, I would treat her like a toy. Otherwise, she wouldn't factor into my plans or thoughts. I told her, 
It was just a week ago. She was the first person I thought of when I woke up, and the last person I thought about when I went to sleep. Now it hurts too much to think about her. I am going to walk away from this. I feel like it is starting to constantly remind me of things. I cannot thank those kind people I could chat with and who shared their pain and stories that have helped me. This has been on a whole, a good thing for me to do, but I keep replaying things and feelings I'd rather just walk away from. I remain confused about what I want. I don't know if I will ever be 100% about anything with her ever again. I have bi-weekly appointments for the next 4 weeks with my therapist. Now for some comments before we read the final update. Crap, I've had these thoughts. I didn't carry them out like you, but it feels like what I want to do. Literally everything, I compromised for her. My therapist said that I'm not codependent. These were fork in the road of life choices. It would be different if I couldn't separate myself from her and made those decisions based on her happiness. However, if I could have had all the information, I'd have made some different ones. She was effing some guy off and on while we were dating, that would have stopped it for me then and there. That was a very long read. I feel horrible for you and completely understand your pain. I am going to say something though, because you made a comment about her being damaged goods, and that she forced you to compromise is a pretty unfair statement. Going through a divorce doesn't make you damaged goods. Would you consider yourself damaged goods now? Bent but not broken is what I think. Also, it's really not healthy to look at the situation as her forcing you to do something. You're a grown man and made those choices for yourself. I hope you can come to peace with all this and continue to thrive and grow. Would you consider yourself damaged goods now? Absolutely. The baggage I now have from this is going to ruin a lot of possible relationships. She forced you to compromise. Maybe I said that out of anger, forced is a strong term. More like gave no real options. Our finances, dead all have been driven by her desire to project the power couple image. You're a grown man and made those choices for yourself. Well, yes and no. I don't think 26 year old me was equipped to handle all of the ramifications of a divorce with two children. But, like most of the challenges in my life, I gave them my all. 100% devotion. My expectation was this person whom I was giving my all to do the same. I am growing. I had my perception of my marriage completely obliterated along with the world one tends to build around that. My initial anger and rage were pretty intense with little to no thought of the outcomes, I wanted vengeance and I achieved it swiftly. My growth has come from the peace I've felt that I left nothing behind in dealing with her betrayal and the fallout has essentially been hers to deal with. She broke everything, I just shattered the rest to start over. I've learned to channel that anger and sense of powerlessness into action and growth. Now for the final update. Sorry good people. My inner Hemingway is not back. I'm afraid this isn't going to be nearly as tawdry or visceral as my beginning of this beautiful disaster. Well, it's been an interesting five weeks. I've discovered more. I moved out about three days after my last update. Soon to be ex-wife constantly texts and leaves notes on my apartment door and car. I told my lawyer who offered to write her a stern cease and desist letter. I'm contemplating it. My therapist has complimented me on my progress and is confident I can manage the anger, despair, and depression I initially felt. I agree. My soon-to-be ex-wife and I had s one last time the night before I moved out. I told her again. In no uncertain terms, it meant nothing and would not make me change my mind about reconciliation. She says she understood, but with the constant attempts to communicate, I'm not convinced. She was served notice of the filing for divorce petition the first week of October. The love bombing and attempted hoovering has been borderline psychotic. The earliest hearing is maybe January. 
If she stays true to her word, it will be quick. If she wants to fight, fine. She got another job about a week after she was fired. It goes to show you it's who you know. Anyway. I'm good. I've acknowledged her shortcomings as a person and as a spouse. I told her I'd never forgive her. I merely accept it happened and live my life from there. I had two unexpected surprises over the last three weeks. My stepdaughters came to visit me. I told them point blank, that if their mother put them up, that they didn't need to do it. My oldest insisted. It turns out they had had a lengthy discussion with their mother regarding this sordid affair and our relationship came up for discussion. My oldest stepdaughter had always carried a huge chip on her shoulder when it came to me. Well, she apologized for that. It turns out, that her assumptions about me were incorrect. When I was introduced to them, my soon-to-be ex-wife and I had been dating for about four months, there was definitely overlap with the on-and-off guy, and before we dated my soon-to-be ex-wife had been in an on-and-off relationship with a man my stepdaughters hadn't met. My soon-to-be ex-wife's first husband had cheated on her, and she tried to reconcile. They did for about a year, then she decided to have a revenge affair. Cue on again off again guy. Well, my stepdaughters thought I was that guy. Their father spent most of their lives crap-talking their mother for cheating, but also never disclosed that he had cheated as well to them. So long story short, my oldest stepdaughter apologized and asked for forgiveness due to all the issues she caused. That was a messed up weekend. Again showing the effects of infidelity and dishonesty. I wish to address the accusatory statements about the s my soon-to-be ex-wife has requested while I was making preparations to leave. My soon-to-be ex-wife has always been into BDSM. I was not all that into it. The whole point of it was that I did not provide aftercare for her. Hell, I took classes and attended workshops on being a dom. I did it to make her happy. I am done making her happy. She lost that privilege. She lost my respect as well something that is pretty much the death of a marriage. Surprise 2 was a long-time co-worker. She works in another department. I've decided to stay as a PRN worker, as needed slash part-time. Well, needless to say, it's been interesting. She found out about my pending divorce and all the gossip in the hospital. I've taken to wearing my wedding ring on a chain now. I told her, after she insisted she take me out for a drink, that I, one way or another, I wouldn't be around for a lot longer and had zero interest in any type of relationship. She just smiled and squeezed my hand, then told me that she had no intention to be with me forever, she just wanted to bang my brains out and try me on. She's been spending the night a couple times a week and it is something I've enjoyed. She even helped me pack my carry-on, and dropped me off slash picked me up at the airport for my interview in Seattle. I crushed that interview. I got a call from a travel agency that also had numerous opportunities for me. I kind of like the option of the travel gig and just crashing at my parents between contracts. I'm not certain of what I want to do. It's oddly terrifying to not be responsible for another person and be this liberated basically instantly. My lawyer said that there is no alimony nor spousal support. She also said that it's a no-fault state, so infidelity doesn't affect the actual divorce. However, infidelity with proof, does affect the division of assets. She said it might even swing up to 70-30 my favor. The sale of the house is inevitable. I asked a realtor to run comps, and it will be a substantial amount. Not enough to justify 17 years down the drain, but I'm contemplating a three-month European tour. I'm feeling again and it's been fairly positive. I'm not in the best of places, but definitely not as bad as I could be. Thank you Redditors. Some of you all's chats were amazing, coupled with therapy. This is my last update. I'm going back to lurking anonymously. I hope I never have to post again. Now for some closing comments. 
I read your story again. I remembered it. I think worse than the cheating was the fact that she was mocking you and your insecurities to the affair partner. I never read anything about you confronting her with it. I think it is just pure evil and disgusting to do that, and then tell you how much she loved you. Also, the fact that she actually really really apologized when she found out that she was one of the many women the affair partner was seeing. That is when it rang to her that he was just using her for fun and that he would never be exclusive with her. So then she wanted you back like crazy. Such a disgusting woman. I am glad you managed to rid yourself of her. I wish you all the best in the future and hope to never see you back posting here. She really got off on the double life and secrecy. It was like she was pulling something over on me and it was a rush for her. I feel that she is remorseful, as one can be, but nothing will undo this and I won't forgive it ever. Maybe on her deathbed, but that is only a maybe. She has ruined a lot of things for herself. Some longtime dear friends have essentially disowned her. My closest friend at work, his son had his bar mitzvah, and she was politely uninvited. There were other events this month that really showed the loss she's going through. It's on her though. Infidelity is a choice and she made that choice. I counted six, five-day work trips. So, 30 days. Not to mention the exting and video chat slashes. That's a lot of choosing. You're doing great King. Well, I appreciate that. I don't exactly feel great, just like chump lady says, May. Hey, man, thanks for posting the update. I have followed the entire saga and I've been rooting for you. You deserve a happy ending, and I'm glad it's finally making an appearance. Please at least do one more after you've settled somewhere. I'm really glad your daughters visited. You've been more than fair and I'm shocked they hadn't put two and two together prior to this. At least you've cleared the air and that's not just one more set of grudges out there. Best of luck to you and I wish you strength of resolve. I won't bother with something corny like, you got this, because you clearly do. I feel relieved. I have no delusion we will have much of a relationship moving forward. It just feels good to know that I'm no longer the bad guy, or the one who she blames for their parents' marriage failing. I'd like to be in their lives, I was their Mary Poppins, but it's also awkward with my soon-to-be ex-wife possibly using them to breadcrumb or spy on me. Why bother wearing your ring on a chain? Just curious as to why you feel the need to keep it on your person at all? It reminds me that I have loved deeply enough to pledge my life to someone, but, to remember what it cost me. When the divorce is done, cast it into the fires of Mount Doom. You don't need a physical reminder. It does feel so cold it burns sometimes, 